listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Oh, he knocked the headgear off him. This is Footy talk for you Wednesday 9th of August coming up. Liam Flanagan, Gordon Tallis, Payne Haas reportedly not interested in a three-year multi-million dollar deal from the Broncos, Gordy. It looks like he's set to test the market. Uh-huh. I'm training as we speak. I'm coming. I'm making a comeback, but I'm going to give you my power rankings on where Payne has sit in the you power You don't have ranking. him at one? Listen up. Oh, that's coming up. And... Do we need more technology in the game? Does Gordon tell us the raging ball want to see more tries sent to the bunker, want technology brought into the balls themselves? Find and out more today. importantly, Liam Flanagan, I'm taking you to get a facial. Oh, my God. Welcome to Footy Talk Wednesday, 9th of August. Liam Flanagan here, joined by the Raging Bull himself, Gordon Tallis. Good morning, Gordy. Uh, good morning, Liam. What a surprise. Wednesdays are normally like a day I get up, I feel sick in the belly. You know, one of those days where you're just nervous when you're sitting there and you don't know it's not nervous because I normally sit with someone that has no idea in Ben Dobbin. But to have you here, to have you here, it's just the blessing in the size. You know, when you oh, just get – it's like a little kinder surprise to me. You know, you ne- <laughs> you're my kinder surprise. <laughs> you know people in the office are going to start calling me kinder off the back of this, don't you? <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Yes, in place of Dobbo, who is absent today. You talk about surprises. The surprise the rugby league world got hit with last night was the decision that Wade Graham yeah. will be hanging up the boots at the end of the season. He had a private function down at the Sharks, surrounded by family and friends and current and former teammates, and made the announcement after celebrating 250 games as a Shark last week that at the end of this season, he is done. Yeah, he's one of those players that I think he was a sort of new age back row. I think he was a uh, like a 5'8 style player that come in and he just played so tough. So he was so versatile that uh, he could move into the back row. You know, probably in his peak was probably the best back rower in, the, in Australia. You know, back row, middle sort of forward that could play on the edge. He's one of those guys that's tough enough to play in the middle, but certainly skillful enough to play on the edge. So... Um, he was yeah. one of those man-childs as well because he, yeah. came, he made his debut as an 18-year-old, I think, or a 17-year-old. 17-year-old in uh, 2008. And, and I'm just reading and it off a sheet too, by looks, the way. Looks the day. same. Looks the same now as he did when he made his debut. Like he's just yeah. – he's he, he was a bit like Freddie Fittler in that came out of the, the junior grades and everyone just said, that guy's ready for first grade now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And then, you know, I just heard him talk about that – there was a chance he was going to go play at the North Queensland Cowboys and that would have been pretty cool because he just wanted to play with Jonathan Thurston and then he gets a phone call, he's driving home and he misses a phone call and then the voice message is Paul Galling saying that, mate, I would love to play with you. So uh, he chose the Sharks and it was a great decision. Uh, obviously, they turned the porch light off. He won a competition there and it was, you know, one of those clubs and uh, if you've ever been down the Shire, they're so proud of their rugby league team and he's part of that. He's part of the... Most successful shark side ever, and uh, congratulations on a wonderful career. Played six Origins, eight tests, as you said, two hundred and fifty games for the Sharks. I reckon he's pretty happy with his career. There's not well, too there's much. There's only left three in the of them to do it. He became the third, obviously Gow and and Et. I mean, that's that's illustrious company to be a part of. And the thing, I know, I got to work with Wade as he started to move into the media a little bit. And the thing that I is probably underappreciated about Wade Graham 
is is how deeply he thinks about not just the sport on field, but away from the field. He's he's a part of um, the RLPA's um, you know yep. leadership group as a, as a player, as a player representative. But with what he went through at the Sharks, with when they um, were banned from. Uh, entering third-party agreements. He, he essentially negotiated the final contract of his career by himself. He did it without a manager. He has gone through the school of rugby league over his entire career and life. Yep. And I'm really excited to see what he does next because I think he's a, a guy that thinks about the sport and about the industry deeply. And I'm and I'm really fascinated to see what, what comes next from Wade Graham. Well, there's no doubt he does a bit of footy talk and he does triple M commentary. And uh, I've worked with him on Fox Sports uh, when he was injured. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was when he was suspended. <laughs> this year, he sort of spent like about three weeks on a Thursday and Friday night. And he was fantastic. Like to sit there and have a current player and the way that he can explain it. And like the why I say that he's going to be so good in the media is because you get a lot of ex-players and they talk, but they talk like they're in, you know, the coaches' meetings and not every fan has sat in a coaches' meeting and has rugby league talk like, you know, the third defender, the A defender getting caught in the seat, eyes up footy, all that kind of stuff. So for him to have the footy talk and all those little sort yeah. of abbreviated sayings for, you know, what is simple, just good kick chase and four roll and all those type of things that uh, he's able to explain it a lot better. So the fans, I think, We'll get a lot out of Wade Graham sitting there and explaining probably the latest player to, you know, retire and, quick and Wade step Graham. into the media. Yeah, quick. We do. I will do want to talk to you about Payne Haas, who is the big other big story in rugby league right now. Quick Wade Graham story, though, before we move on. I got to work with Wade and I also got to work with Paul Gallant. And Gow told me this story, and I've told it before on air, so I'm sure it's not a problem to share it again. But there was a story that Gow told me that summarizes those two men and their relationship just beautifully. They were down in the Shire playing pool one night. They were out at a bar, and they um, were having a bit of fun with each other. And, and basically, they started arguing with one another. And Gow, this is when Gow was starting to get into boxing, and Gow said, let's go and step outside, you and me. I'll give you the first 10 hits, right? And so, you know, this is mates being mates and boys being boys, silly things. And it's just, I'm sure it wasn't too serious. But that's Gow just being fearless and confident and brave and just, oh, you can you can have the first 10 punches and I'll still take you down. That's how Gow played his footy and that's how he wanted to take on Wade this night. <laughs> then there's Wade Graham, the thinking man, who's gone out the front, accepted the challenge, hit Paul Gallon nine times and then ran away. <laughs> 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 That's so good. And there's another one where they'll play in pool with some fans, like just some just some yeah. Cronulla Sharkies fans. It might have been at Northies or whatever. So I forget the pub, but they're playing and the fans and they're yeah. And then Wade Graham loses on purpose because it's for a hundred bucks. And Gell is so tight. He was filthy. I think that's how the fight started. That's I think how the, that's arg- the precursor. That's how the argument started because Gell goes, Why are you letting them win? He goes, Mate, they're fans. Like they're, you know, these blokes have got the jerseys on. Like, mate, you're on like $600,000. It's $100. Let them go to the bar and have a good time and have a beer with your 50 each. So, One there you go. Great- one of the great duos that we've seen in NRL, those two gentlemen, Gow and, and Graham, and they're, they're legends of the Shire and uh, and well done to both of them. Hey, speaking of money, speaking of cash, Payne Haas, three-year deal, reported to be $1.1 million a season by the Broncos. Yeah. Huge money. Not ready to sign it, wants to test the market come November 1. Well, it all depends who you're talking to. So obviously his manager, um, I was sitting on 360, made a phone call to those guys and um, said, just before we went on air, about three minutes, oh, well, he's going to go to the market. And then, 
you know, the insiders at Brisbane think that he's very close, you know, to saying yes. And you watch Payne Hass's interview yesterday and he – so everything that he's saying, he wanted to be a million-dollar player. Like, remember last year that he, you know, that he wanted to be a million-dollar player, thought he was a million-dollar player? Well, they've gone to that. Oh, mate, it's about grand finals. I want to be successful. Well, they're equal first. <laughs> so what next? Everything you've asked for, they've given you. And I said on 360, are you ever going to be happy? So if you go somewhere and just, let's just put it down to relationships. You say, oh, Dale, I feel like chicken and it's beautiful chicken. I feel like veggies it's there. So they go, oh, not really that happy. Well, that's what you asked for. You got exactly what you asked for. And now you're not happy. So I think it's a little bit of a distraction. I get a little bit disappointed, but the only way, and I'm going to keep on this thing, I'm going to keep on it. The only way we're going to keep this out of the media getting paid, the day the players, right, have to, or the managers have to invoice the players for what they do from is the day all this will stop. So at the moment, players go and pay us a million dollars. So what is it, 7%? So $7,000 a month or whatever goes to that guy, whatever it is, $6,000 every month. When he sits there and the manager has to chase up the player to invoice him, a bit like a gardener, if it just comes out of your wage and then all of a sudden if you had to pay him every day and you go, 50 bucks, hey, hold on, there's still leaves in the pool. Oh, hold on, there's still weeds in the garden. Mm. That's when all this will change and players will stay out of the media. Because the reason why the managers do it, because they can't really negotiate. I don't know what you're trying to squeeze. So they say, let's go to the market value. I think that's market value. I think that would be the highest forward in the game, highest paid forward in the game. Highest paid Bronco ever. Highest paid Bronco ever. On the books. No, highest paid Broncos (laughs) ever. I would have to say highest paid Broncos ever. And then, so what more do you want? And then I'm in Sydney a lot. So to come and, you know, you're talking about, living in Brisbane and the Gold Coast and all that's all around that area. It's fair to say your money goes further in Queensland, Liam. You've lived in Sydney. Does your yeah, money go oh, further absolutely. in property and lifestyle? Does it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe double? Not even. It's not even close. It's, there it's, you go. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's ballparks away. So then come into Sydney for what? An extra how much? Say 200 grand maximum. But which club can afford that? That'd have to be right down the bottom. It certainly couldn't be the grand final teams that he wanted to play for. So there's a lot going on here that, you know, we don't know because there's a manager saying one thing, there's, you know, Brisbane, the insiders of Brisbane saying one thing and there's pain mm. ass, but there's probably five sides to this story. I don't know what more the game can give him. Your team's coming first. You're getting over a million dollars. This club has stuck by you in the last few years. You haven't been squeaky clean, you know? So is it time to repay at some stage? Don't you just feel a bit of gratitude? Of course. And look, I don't know pain and and this is just putting myself in his situation. I'm sure my best guess is I think he probably stays with the Broncos. But at the same time, I'm never going to begrudge players. You know this, Gordy. Players' careers are short. Go on again. Okay. Great point. Desi Hasler signed at the Titans? Yes. Did you hear about that? Did I hear about it before it got done? No. It was a complete shock. Let me tell you something. Desi would probably be over a million bucks. Probably. He deserves to be. There you go. Deserves to be. So you can negotiate. Let me tell you a little secret. You can negotiate. You can go to these other clubs. You can do whatever you want. Wayne Bennett has done it all of his life. He negotiates. He said to the Roosters, if it gets out, I'm not coming. So you go to the dogs. You go to all these clubs. Keeps the fans out of it. Keeps the whole media. Keeps your teammates. 
Like away the, from it, the dif- it doesn't. The difference just, is the difference is in the situation with a, a player, good manager, a player manager and a poor is, manager. They play them, yeah, but then they're allowing this to play out in the media. But who does the player wear? So, but what pressure does it put on? I, well, on a lesser club, I don't think the Broncos would be succumbing to this. I think it's the biggest brand. That I don't think they're going to be scared into offering an extra however many much just to get this to be quietened. I think the club is so much stronger than it was, uh, you know, when it bottomed out. But I don't think they're going to be intimidated into bumping the – and I ultimately I think they're probably going to hold their ground and it'll come to November 1 and he'll probably end up re-signing. I wonder if – look, let me be glass half full here for yes. a second, Gordy. I wonder if on the eve of finals, Payne agrees to it just to give the Broncos that little bit of momentum boost. Maybe he just provides that little bit of a shot in the arm for the club heading into the finals. The only thing that, like, he is worth a million dollars, right? So I'm not arguing. That's that's the going price. I think if he went to the market now, as I said, that would be the highest paid. Mm. So there wouldn't be too many that could afford him, other than probably the Tigers and the Bulldogs and their pubs. But other than that, right, he's going to get paid well. The only thing is where Brisbane have been in the past and we live there, and, you know, they're wooden spooners. They've finally got into a position where they're singing along nicely. They mm. made, they're they a chance. They're probably the best chance of knocking off Penrith and stopping them from going for a three-peat. And this comes out on the eve of the finals. And it takes me back to Bateman at the Raiders. They went to the finals. It was like, is he going to play? And there was just the whole week, the grand final. And then when your teammates get dragged into it, and they're going there and they've got to be concentrating. And then their mum goes, oh, it's pain staying? Because it happens. And they go shopping or they fill would up the they, Would they be they shitty about it? Out. Would his teammates be shitty about this? Oh, I'm not sure they're going to be shitty because everybody ha- has a right to negotiate. But mm. but you can negotiate without it being in the paper. Okay. Quickly, ultimately, the Broncos are going to be faced with the dilemma. It's the whole disease of more thing, as Pat Riley, the NBA coach, famously coined it, is once you get success, players – Yep. Everyone wants a bit more. Everyone wants a bit more. And so where does this put them when they've got um, Mam and Walsh and Cobbo and 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 all these guys coming through? And and Paddy Carrigan's only going to get better. He's, his his ceiling's still above where he is at the moment. And well, we've already seen that Flegler and Farnworth have been squeezed out of this. Side. You cannot be the highest paid player in the competition and go and get whatever you're going to get and win grand finals. It doesn't happen. Not in the forwards because. Right. Myself, Shane Webke, Petro Sivnes, Eva, and Glenn Lazarus, right? Brad Thorne, Tony Carroll. Probably all at the top of a tree at some stage, yeah. Pretty good pack. <laughs> I back it against most others even today. Pretty good pack. We were never going to win a comp without Alan Langer. So who should be the highest paid player? We were never going to win without Kevin Walters. We were That's never what... going to win without Darren Lockyer at the back, and we we're probably weren't going to win without Steve Anouf. So that if is... I want to play with those guys, you got to leave just a little bit in the well for them. And that if you don't want to leave it in the well. That was right? the exact sentiments of Josh Maguire, who was on our show the other week, and he go, said the same thing. Yep. So go play for a lower team and beat yourself up, and then you're going to live in a nice big house, but you're not going to win. You're going to have All a right. losing season. Payne Haas is hitting the open market. I don't think there's much of an argument as to if he is the best forward in the game or not, but you have a power ranking, Gordy. Right. Of the top three my... forwards in the comp at present. Well, I'm interested I went to, to know five. who's going to round out the podium. Well, well, okay. So I went to five, right? You went to five. You've five. done extra well, work, well, well, Gordon Tallis. Well, listen, I did because I couldn't limit it, right? So I did it on the teams that run out last week, okay. right? So I right. went through the whole list. 
I go Patrick Carrigan, right? Uh, Wally Lewis medal winner. This is at five. No, this is in the five. So it's a oh, forward sorry. pack, isn't it? Right. Oh, okay. So you've done a forward no, pack. I haven't done a forward pack. But well, what have you done here? Have you put them in I an order? Because if it was a forward pack, there'd be six of us, right? Because it's a six pack. There's only one pack in the bike. Yeah, but the hook That's is a not six really pack, forward. right? Okay. And it's right. not one of those boutique six packs. It's just right. a 30 pack, actually. So explain to me what the hell you've actually done. What I've done is the players <laughs> that changed that, I believe, get right. in there and are really important, the most important guys to okay. the team. But are so, you ranking them in order? Right, well, let's put them in order then for you. Great, thank you. Right. One, I go Moses Leota. At one? Yep. Wow. Simply, simply because in last year's grand final, he was absolutely outstanding against Junior Borlo and Regan Campbell-Gillard. And Parramatta said they're going to come through the front door, and they couldn't. They actually couldn't right. come through the front door. He chased a couple of – if you watch that grand final, so you know how Nico Hines said yesterday in his press mm-hmm. conference, on big stage, I haven't got it done. That guy in the biggest stage, unbelievable. And I think now he doesn't get all the raps, but there's not too – I've never seen him get bent over. I've seen him hit guys, and when he hits guys, he, he absolutely hurts them. So he hit someone last year and they were – oh, he hit Luttrell in a tackle too. Mm. So he's a guy that – He's just this whole – there's a mystique about him because you never hear about him. He doesn't get interviewed. He doesn't like the press. But I'm telling you now. Because you've got Fisher Harris there as well who takes all of that attention. Yeah, so you're not meeting Moses Leota in a dark alley and walking out without a scratch. All right, I love it. Leota at one. Then I got uh, Fisher Harris as well because they're a package (laughs) still, right? Yeah. And they've won two comps in a row. The reason why, because they lay a massive platform. But neither of them are the most paid players at Penrith either. There just you, to go oh, back to what we were saying. There you go. Then I go Paddy Carrigan. I just think the way that guy plays and when you see him mic'd up, how he talks to his players, what he does for the Broncos. And mm. last year, like people people forget that when they had that fall away, he did the hip drop on Jackson Hastings. Mm. So he was a big part of the glue that keeps that whole side together ticking over. Did you drop him some spots because he wears compression socks? Is that why he didn't have him a bit higher? Well, he needs a haircut and the Brisbane <laughs> Thor. So the Brisbane Thor, right, loses loses a couple of points because he hasn't <laughs> won grand finals, right? So you've got to go grand final. And a footwear change and Paddy Carrigan could be leading this ranking. Well, all right. And you've got to win grand finals. He hasn't okay. won the last two. And a grand final. Right? Sure. Then you put Payne Hass in there, right? Payne, because, at, Payne at four. Yeah, because you – yeah, I mean, he is Payne Hass, right? So – he is super consistent. Out of all of them, he is a, such a consistent player. Every week he's going to do his job, right? Okay. But does so he change got, the result? So you've got – I cannot wait to see who rounds out this power rankings. We've got two Panthers. We've got two Broncos. Who comes in at five? It's a wild one for you. Jared Aria Hargreaves. At five? You Have take you seen what the Roosters are doing this year? You take him on. Oh, I'm not going to. Of course, I don't think I want to take. And and the reason why I put him in there, right, is he's got he's got an Andrew Johns like when he plays for the Roosters to when he doesn't play for the Roosters. Okay. So when like his like his record in a Roosters jersey compared to all the others, I think he'd be okay. He would be the most successful Rooster that runs out there. So there's something like a bit like Andrew Johns like. 
you know how Andrew plays for the Knights, yeah. their win percentage was, say, at 67%. When he didn't play, their win percentage was at 28%. It's like Jared, Tommy Turbo at Manly. I get it. There you it, go. It, well, Jared can, has one of those records. Can can for Just for Jared Rory Hargraves and his family, can we get that chopped up? Because I don't know if he's ever been compared to Andrew Johns before. In his yes, he has. Career. I don't Mate, know. I've said it no, on but, Fox. He does have an Andrew Johns-like mystique around him about the sure. winning percentage. Not about That's kicking, the blindside runs, not, which I've always thought not, was very similar <laughs> with, with, yeah. with yes. <laughs> and okay. you Yes. And you noticed, right, there's a bit of – there's a bit of gamesmanship. I left my two Titans guys out. Well, I was about to ask. I'm not putting them on the open market. No Where way. Where the bloody hell the is, is Mo and Tino? Oh, hey, hey, you know, no, no good. Can't play the game. Can't play. Those Busted. two, those two, mate. Um, <laughs> who would buy those two? That is a fairly. All right. Moses Leota, James Fisher-Harris, Paddy Carrigan, Payne Haas, Jared Warrior-Hargraves. That is a terrifying power rankings Could that you you've delivered there, Gordy. I love it. Could you imagine those four running at you one after the other? I couldn't. I'd be running away. I'd be. I <laughs> would be. Out. I'd be headed for the hills, Gordon Tars. Let's take a quick break here on Footy Talk. We need to talk about technology in the game next. <laughs> Footy Talk. On Wednesday, the 9th of August, Liam Flanagan, Gordon Tallis here. Uh, if you. Gordon Tallis, I'm still recovering from your power rankings. It's uh, it, you really, really Next threw week, the cat amongst the Ford pigeons there. Next week, it comes to the hosts, like the top five hosts that I've worked with. <laughs> now. Uh, <laughs> what? Why was that pause? Because <laughs> in my head, I started doing the rankings of the hosts you have worked with. All I'll say is this. Egos are going to get hurt next week. Egos are going to be left shattered on the ground next week in a well, very big okay. way. Well, a little old wise man told me, if you ever want to play in a good team, yeah. you got to put your ego in your back pocket. Mm. So I reckon most of the hosts you've worked mm. with don't have back pockets, Gordy, because I nope, think – They I don't wear know. board shorts <laughs> or thongs. Oh, I can't wait to hear next week. Mm. I'm excited for that one. Let's talk about rugby league, though. Gordon, yeah. serious question. Gordon, tell us, one of – According to Ryan Gela, the scariest player he's ever played against, the most fearsome competitor, no one wanted to run at you ever. Gordon, tell us, in today's rugby league, how do you tackle? How do you execute a good tackle? Because I think for an average punter like me, yeah. what we're seeing come out of the match review committee with the head concussion protocols that are being put in place, with the intensity and severity that the NRO wants to protect the head as they should, Yes. how would you teach young rugby league players to tackle these days? Well, the spaces moves so far. So the Trevor Gilmeister, Tony Carroll, the Jake Travojevic, say, right, in the modern era, the beautiful low leg tackle. It's fantastic. It still works as a – there is a position for it in the game, but it doesn't get rewarded because if someone tackles you around the legs, normally you fall on your front, you get up and you play the ball quick. It doesn't give – your teammates a chance to get back onside, get set, get in their slots, number up and move forward. So that tackle does not get rewarded. My era, I used to tackle the sponsor. I used to aim at the sponsor. That's underneath the ball. Well, the skill level now in the game, the offload goes. So basically the target is above the ball to stop the ball. So two guys coming in and it's not one, it's two. Two guys come in, wedge, stop the ball, which means if you're up that high, you're closer to his head. 
So in my that's era, exactly what happened with Mo Fodawaka, and he's copped a one match suspension. There you go. So in my era, if someone got hit in the head, it was basically you were sent off or sin bin because it was very rarely done because we were all low leg tacklers and around the hips and around the sponsor. The sponsor was like, mate, if you tackled up around the upper body, that was like, mate, it was unheard of really. So now with the technique, I think what I'd like to see, and I'm happy for the technique because the players are doing it to each other and that's how they believe is the best way to stop the momentum and give them a chance defensively. I would just like the match review committee to send 20 tackles, 20 head eyes, 20 when blokes fall to ex-players in the commentary, media, callers, coaches, and then and then we run through what's a sin bin, mm. what's a send-off, and maybe vote on how many weeks just so we get a grading. Because I sat on 360 the other night. There was Phil Rothfield that's covered the game for over 40 years, Reedy 30 years, Braith's probably been in it for 20 years. I've been in it for 30 years. And we were talking about the different tackles. And Mo, I said, well, he hit him in the head. And they go, yeah, but he went to tackle him normal. Mm. But he didn't tackle him normal because he knocked him out. And then you got Luai that jumps up and hits Nelson Asafa Solomona. Mm. And they don't have a problem because Nelson's six foot seven. But if Nelson does that to him, what happens? That's two weeks. And then it's you've got it's, yeah. Brown for the Roosters, runs out, three man in, comes out the hit. And they go, well, he got it wrong. Well, I believe with the landscape of a game at the moment, I think we've got to protect the head. If you ever come in contact with the head, mm-hmm. and I want to protect the ball runners. So my first priority is you have a right that when you run the football that your head does not get touched. If you mm-hmm. slip over and someone's got his back bent, well, that comes down to then <laughs> mm. opinions. I take what you're saying about the idea of sending these tackles out to players like yourself and 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 Braithen Astor and and – these people that have been involved with the game for a long time. The difficulty there is, Gordy, is that you have, and and Braith and, and the other people you're talking about, you have a, a view of the game of what you've seen over the years. Yes. I would guess what the NRL is doing right now with the match review committee and, and the way they are legislating and punishing these yeah. incidents, in their mind, they, they are trying to create what they want the code to look like in 10 years from now, in 20 years from now. They are essentially trying to educate these players on the run I as to it. how they want the game played, A, so they it. can avoid concussions. And they won't get educated, right? Hear me on this. Mm. They will not get educated until they start missing games and coaches change the technique. So until the technique, and that's my point, is let's get it all together. So we're not sitting there. We're not going, oh, that's fine. You're like, mate, look, we're calling a game. We're sending a message to the fans. Oh, mate, he slipped. Come on. He didn't hardly get him, but he hit him in the head. Val Holmes has two tackles. He hits Mitchell Moses. I go, what a great shot. He hit him so hard, his head hits him. The next one he comes out, well, he hits Jaden Campbell. Well, he's out for a month. <laughs> so which one do I like? So then that's my yeah. point that the message we send to the fans and the players if we can get consistency on what we see and what we know as, right, and our game isn't black and white, there are some grey areas, of but course. if we can get it closer to black and white when it comes to these tackles, I think the confusion out of the fans, I'm not thinking of myself, I'm thinking of the players that are running the football and the fans so we can get more consistency yep. in our messages. I love the fact that you uh, have said I've you want the ball runner protected as well. I agree. Of the course last he's we... got to be protected. He's the but, one that's got to be protected the But I love the fact the that most. in terms of what this product looks like in 10 years' time, in 20 yep. years' time, the idea that it could be this slow, 
you know, curmudgeon, trudging, wrestling type game. It's not what we want to see. We want points. You want the attacking team to be rewarded for showing endeavour and, and running the Well, it happened so. in the AFL. Like the hardball gets, they'd come in and they'd throw their hip at him or whatever and then they yep. go, no, no, that's not fair. And I'm thinking, well, he's using his body. They go, no, no, his eyes are on the footy. You can't hit him in the head. The AFL is it, heading almost towards Gaelic football. In, in that product. They want it to be a fast end-to-end game. They don't want it to get bogged down with clearances and stoppages. And and that's why the rules are as they are in that game. And I think the NRL is obviously trying to uh, well, create the product. There's got to be a happy medium where we where, where we stick true to the fabric of the game and that, you know, that bit of brutality that we mm-hmm. love when the big hits, the Sonny Bill Williams Absolutely. type of stuff. We need that in our game because that's – that's what I sit it's, on the couch a lot. It's a pillar of the sport. It's, an, it's, it's a vital element to the sport. But hey, let's get some consistency. Consistency. Technology. It's, Love it's, it. The bunker has been one of the most disgusting things ever. I want it, For those that didn't see it, there was a penalty shootout between Sweden and the USA in the FIFA Women's World Cup yeah. that happened the other night in their round of 16 clash. Sweden won because yeah. the ball line, the, the technology in the ball showed that the final penalty went over the line by millimetres. Like, not even discernible to the naked eye. By millimetres, it cleared the line. To the naked eye, it got saved. It got saved to the naked eye. And then reached back and knocked the ball out. So the ball didn't hit the net. No, no, no. But because of the technology that they have in that sport and that they've allowed into that sport, that was deemed... A penalty goal that was deemed a sweet time to win. bring it in a rugby league, Liam. Do you do we need it? Do we you, need it? Yes, I watch all sport at the top level. So when I go watch golf, and we're watching it. You watch Tiger Woods would hit the ball at I don't know what speed, but it's going mm. fast, right? But yep. they can track a little golf ball and they show the trajectory and what it is mm-hmm. and the club head mm-hmm. speed. They've got that technology, right? Obviously, they're standing probably easier to film. Then you got cricket. They see. The ball, how it comes out of the hand, the rotation of the ball, yep. where it bounces, what. So they got another tracker. They got the Hawkeye or whatever they've caught. Ball tracker, dear. Yep. And then they've got tennis, where they can see the rotation of a foot, uh, sorry, a of tennis a tennis ball. ball, of when, you know, Rafi Nadal hits it, how much force and how much torque he can get on the football. I uh, Tennis ball. I think for us, if we can get that in rugby league and it's just the cameras, whatever it costs, and we can just track on whether the ball goes forward or not from mm. when it leaves his hands and if they can show that the hands are gone back the ball's floated forward if we can get aided in that because it's been a debate because you know you drive along at 10 kilometers an hour you drop the ball out but you drop it back the ball's going to travel forward because you're running sure. because it's really hard for you to be running flat track and pass the ball behind a line we have gone and tried to do it you can't so if a player is running Full power, and he draws the fullback and he passes. Normally from where he passes, even though it goes back, the ball travels forward because he's moving forward, right? Of course. So there's that part of the game. But if we can eliminate the howler and we can rule on the howler and there's technology there to back it up, right? Pretty so much So you're pro-tech. You, you are pro-tech in the game. Yeah, I think so. Because if that those two forward passes that the Raiders threw on the weekend, mm. if that's a semi-final, would you want to lose that way? So that's not, oh, yeah, the Dragons are down the bottom and it doesn't matter. Well, if we can get the decisions right. And on the bunker, right, all those people go, oh, the bloody bunker, right, all those tries that they see now, take the camera away, you tell me whether it's a try or no try and we'll go back and see how many you get right. Let me yeah. tell you, the bunker gets more right than you. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
<laughs> no, no, because it's 50-50 for us. Mate, when those wingers dive out and oh. their body's out over the thing and then the only thing left back in is their hand and their ball, you say try or no try and you get it right. And hold on, but we live on that. So how many games? So if we did that and we got someone to sit there and not know the score, try or no try, see who wins those games of footy. See whether the ladder changes. So I think it is important and they are still going to get some wrong, but they are getting at least over 90% right. When I was playing, it was a guess sometimes. And this is a line from the Testament according to MG. This is one of his lines that he loves trotting out. Show me a game where a player hasn't made a mistake and then you can start shouting at the refs when they get them wrong as well. They're human and there's going to be mistakes in the game because these are people officiating this thing. So, um, just doing right, my list Gordon for Dallas, next week about hosting. League. Just doing my list next week about hosting. A couple of brownie points there for my little man. A couple of points. <laughs> Before we finish up today, <laughs> uh, we got a birthday shout out. Bradman Best, Dominic Young, both turning 22 today. Wow. Bradman Best. How how that man is 22 and not 45, I don't know. He is a, he's a full-grown man. Yeah, he's a Big bopper, isn't he? And he's feels like he's been around for ages. So that just proves that when he played, or see, that shocked me. I thought he might have been 24, 25. So that means that the year he's having and he's still learning and, um, mate, send him to Bali mid-season for the rest of his life. How That's what you- I'd give him for his 22nd birthday. If I'm the boss of nights, I go, Bradman, you're going on our bye weekend to Bali every year. Put it in the contract. I, uh, and Dominic it- Young? I'm not celebrating with you. You go get your cake off the roost. Were you at St. George when you were 22? I was at the Broncos. You were at the Broncos. Uh, Dragons, uh, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, actually, I might have still been there. You're still at the Dragons? Can't remember how you celebrated it? I don't celebrate the aging process. 50, <laughs> 50 was the first year that I did. I had a lunch, Liam. You, I did can have, you- We'll do this off air, but can you send me your skincare routine? Because you are, I mean, it's very, very well maintained at the moment, Gordon. Well, basically, it's walking around with no sunscreen in Townsville in one of the hottest places in the world without a hat before slip, slop, slap. So you walk around (laughs) in 1973 pretty much until you've spent all the time in the sun and, um, yeah. Footy Talk, the only place where you will get a power rankings of the best forwards in the game, but also a skincare routine so, from the Raven no, Bull Gordon You know you get those, like, things that you scrub yourself? I just do yep. my whole body with it. I do my whole head. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't go, and if it's soap, I don't know what it is, whatever my beautiful wife buys, it's in this shower. Yeah, I but, just and here's, here's a question, not for responding to on-air, but for thinking oh, about off-air. Sorry. What order do you wash the body parts in? Oh, sorry, Liam. And... <laughs> I'm going to say first year because you are at the moment as hosting. You're just going up this <laughs> leaderboard right now. I get a facial. I do get facials. You, what? I get facials. I go Can to the laser clinic. Can we go for one together? Can we yeah. have a mandate? Let's do one. So I go to the laser clinic in Brisbane mm. um, because the makeup lady at Fox, because you put makeup on, of course. your pores get bigger and blokes don't mm. clean it. So we just get a rag and wipe it off and go home where the girls sit there and you know, if it takes – 40 minutes to get on. They take 20 minutes and put their creams on. We don't do that. So we get powder and fox, and now I'm doing it four days a week. So you go get a facial. Facial. And I don't know. I wish I knew because it was a microdermabrasion, I think, the first one. And now there's this water one. 
and it just squirts all Producer over Producer Sam is looking at us right now going, none of this was on the run sheet. What are you But it's actually, about? do you know what? I'm not, I'm not too weak to speak. I love, I love it. I absolutely right. love facials. You and I, I love it. I'm going to take you to one. The... Okay, so you can tease me now, right? I'm not but, teasing you, by but, the way. Look, mate, we'll go to the laser clinic in Brisbane. Yes, Because right? that's we the only will. one that I know. And then we get one. And you lay there. It is the nicest 45 minutes of your week. Right. Guaranteed. I, this is this is a date. I'm holding you to this. You're not getting away. You're not getting away with this just being one of those and things people don't say tell Dobbo air. the size of his face. It's going to cost me too much. <laughs> Righto. <laughs> Enough of that. we got to get out of here. Gordon Tales, a pleasure. We'll see you tomorrow on Footy Talk. Cheers.